Are you a single mom who worries that you're messing up your kids? Do you feel like life is a constant struggle? Do you have big dreams and know that you were meant for more, but in your day-to-day life, you feel like you just don't have enough time to move forward with what you want? If this is you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jordan Rios, author, life coach, blogger, overcomer, and single mom of seven kids. This is the Thriving Single Moms Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of the Thriving Single Moms podcast. I am very excited that you have decided to join us again today. And in this episode, we are going to talk about building a support network. And this is just a topic that I think is important to every single one of us. Especially, I think it's important to everyone in general. Like everyone needs to have a support network, single mom or not. Every parent needs to have one. And before I go any further, I'm sitting out on my porch right now recording this podcast. I've got baby Hezekiah in the wrap. So if you hear any cute little baby noises, it's him. He's right here with me. He's sleeping right now, but you never know how it's going to go. So anyway, um, I, I just want to share a little bit about my experience, what my experience has been in building a support network in the last six months since I have become a single mom what I've learned, and just what I've seen with other single moms about how they have built a support network, what holds them back from building a support network, some of the challenges, um, some of the benefits, and just some practical ways that we can really work on that, really be intentional about that in our lives. So um, let me give you a little bit about, about my backstory. And also, um, here sometime in the next couple of weeks, I am going to release a podcast episode on just my my backstory I've done a little I've shared bits and pieces of my backstory of how I became a single mom I'm currently writing a book that is going to be released in February about um about just the last year of my life and even before that but just especially you know just kind of what I've learned and what I've been through and it's gonna I hope it can I hope you'll it's called the book is called thriving single mom and I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. I can't wait for you to read it and let me know what you think. I will let you know closer to publication and an exact date of when you can get it. It will be available on Amazon. So just shameless plug there. But anyway, I want to, I will do a podcast episode, you know, just giving you the good, the bad, and the ugly of my story. I'm really looking forward to recording that. But tonight, I just really want to focus on the practical aspect of building a support network and so um anyway I became a single mom in May of 2023 earlier this year this podcast is going up in December of 2023 so it's been just a little over six months um when I first became a single mom I'd actually me and my kids and my ex-husband had actually been homeless for a short time before I left, and I moved to a different state. Um, I was living in Tennessee before. I moved to Florida. I knew very few people in Florida. I had some family in Florida, 
that's why I moved was to be closer to family because I knew that being, you know, having six kids, being pregnant with number seven, that I was going to need a lot of support. So I just picked up, I got a job in Florida, I moved down here, um, and right away, upon moving down to Florida, I went right, I was very intentional, went right to work trying to get to know people outside of my family, because I couldn't rely on my family for everything. I mean, my family was helpful, my family was always there for me, um, but they have their own jobs, they have their own obligations, they have their own, my brother and sister-in-law have their own children, you know, I can't rely on them for every single thing. So, and I didn't want to. I wanted to have my own group of friends outside of family, people that I could rely on. So, I just, I was very, very intentional. I set that intention and I took aligned actions to create that support network. Now, was it easy? No, it was not. And I want to really extend that empathy to you. If you are current, if you don't have a support network and you've tried building one and you're just really discouraged, and I see a lot of that in some of the single mom communities I'm a part of on Facebook, I see a lot of single moms who are crying out for help and they feel like, and no one is helping them. And they've tried different things. They've tried getting involved. They've tried making friends. And what they keep running into and I've, I'll be honest, this is a valid struggle. I have run into this as well, is they'll make friends. And these friends, whether they're other single moms or typically it's people who are not single moms. It's neighbors or friends or even family. And they'll ask that person to help them. And that person will kind of grudgingly oblige one time. And then after that, they ask them for help again. Like, hey, can you babysit my kids while I go do this? Or, hey, I need help you know, with whatever, with moving this piece of furniture, with paying this bill, with, you know, whatever kind of thing you can't do by yourself as a single mom, whatever thing you're struggling with, you know, they, you need help. A lot of it, a lot of it goes back to childcare. I mean, that's like a big deal. If you're a single mom, you don't even need me to explain that to you, the struggle of finding childcare. But, you know, our resources at times can feel very limited. And so, I, I just saw a post the other day in one of my single mom Facebook groups and the lady was saying I made fr- I was very good friends with my neighbor. I asked her to help one time. I asked her to help again. She sent me a long, really hurtful text saying, don't ask me to help you ever again. This is I helped you one time. Now you've got to stand on your own two feet. And I can't imagine how hurtful that was for that, that mom to hear from her trusted friend that she was reaching out to for help that she probably maybe have had limited resources to even repay because depending on where you are in your journey of single motherhood, you may, you may be in a, in a season where you are receiving on the receiving end and not so much on the giving end, but you're just doing the best you can. And there is absolutely no shame in that. We are all at different places. And, you know, if you're doing the best you can, what more can you do? You need to, I mean, I always encourage single moms to give themselves lots and lots of grace because we are doing a lot and what we're doing is good and what we're doing is enough. But that is a common experience. What I've just described, what this mom went through is a common experience for a lot of single moms. They try to create a support network and then when they ask for help, and this is not help that they would like to have, this is help that they absolutely need. They reach out for help and then things change. You know, you're, it's like you're looked at as like a leech. 
like you're sucking the energy or the life out of someone and you're not, you know, you've worn out your welcome, so to speak. And, you know, that can easily lead to discouragement and it can easily lead to, um, well, I'm just not going to ask for help anymore because I put myself out there. I did what I thought was right. I did the only thing I needed to do. And now I'm being made to feel like I'm not wanted, like I'm not welcome. Things have changed between me and my friend. If I can ask my friend for help or my family member for help, and sometimes it's family just as much as it is friends. You know, family gets tired of helping you. You get worn out. They get worn out from you asking for help all the time. That's just reality. And then that just makes you feel really bad. That makes you feel like, what in the world, what what do I need to do from this point? I need help, but this world feels really cold right now. So, yeah. I want to speak to those moms right now. I wanna, if that's you, I'm speaking to you right now in this episode. Um, so, back to my story. Just that little caveat. Back to kind of what I was beginning to share with my story. So, when I moved to Florida... I knew that I wanted to be involved in church. I had not been in child, and I grew up in a Christian family, and I was and I was kind of in church and out of church as an adult for seasons. And I knew that I wanted to try a different denomination than what I had been raised in. I knew I was ready to try turn over a new leaf, and I wanted to get back into church because I just that felt like that was right for my family. I wanted to be in a place where my kids could be spiritually grounded, where they could make friends, where I could make friends, and just get that source of. Um, spiritual nourishment in a safe place. And I was very picky about which church I I was going to because I know a lot of churches are not safe places. But, you know, I decided the very first Sunday I was down here, I moved here on a Wednesday. That That Saturday, I started Googling different churches in the area and reading about them. And the next day, that Sunday... I got my kids dressed and we went to church and we, we didn't even have any nice clothes. Like my, I, I literally had two pairs of shoes, a pair of, um, sketcher sandals and a pair of tennis shoes. And I had a nice shirt I could wear and some jeans. My kids, my girls didn't even have any dresses. They, I mean, not that we're going to a church where you really had to dress up for, but you know, we just wore what we had and we showed up getting out of our, my minivan, like a clown car because there's six kids and you know thankfully we had a wonderful experience that day i was approached by a lot of people who just came up and welcomed me and showed me around showed me where the nursery was so i could drop off my babies and showed me um, where i could find an adult sunday school class where there are a lot of other couples and single moms my age and my stage of parenting and I, I later, at the end of the summer, I ended up joining that church. I have not gone every Sunday. There's been some Sundays that we just overslept or had some sickness or whatever, but or just, you know, needed a break. But most Sundays, we have gone to that church, and we have joined the church. My kids absolutely love it. I love it. It's a good place for us. And that's been a huge blessing in our life. And so, um, and that church has really shown themselves to step up when I've needed to ask for help. It has been a huge, huge, huge blessing for all of us. And there's been times where I've needed help paying important bills. There was one time in particular that I needed help paying an important bill, and I was able to reach out to someone at the church, and they helped me. So that just shows you, you know, I, I, felt, I felt terrible. I felt like I'm not standing on my own two feet. I'm not providing for my family. But I was in a position that I just didn't know. Um, 
I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do in that situation. So, um, you know, they were able to help me, and that was, you know, that was the important thing. The bill was paid. And so, um, you know, that was... I'm out on my porch, guys. Sorry for the background noise. But anyway, um, where was I? Okay, so, you know, church has been huge, and it's also been a place where I can you know, go to Sunday school where my kids are in Sunday school and feel like I'm making friends and I'm not having to watch my kids. And it's people who are, like I said, in the same same stage of life that I'm in. And it's just good to have that camaraderie with other adults. And there's already free childcare for my kids and they're getting, you know, their needs met as well for friendship and for companionship. And I'm just like, you know, it's, it's just been, it's just been really great for us. Um, we haven't been able to get involved in as many church activities as I've wanted to so far, just because of my current schedule. And, but we're hoping that, um, after January, we can get involved in some more activities at church, maybe throughout the week. Not, I don't want to overload my schedule. I want to be picky as far as what I'm involved in, because I also cherish my time at home with the kids. And I also cherish having downtime, but you know, it's been great so far. And when I had the, um, when Hezekiah was born, I had, um, I reached out, I had to do, I had to do something really outside my comfort zone. Actually back up before he was born, when I was in my third trimester, I had to figure out for the first time, this is the first time I've had a baby, um, by myself, you know, as a single mom. And so every, all my other kids were born when I was still married to their dad. And so he was with me, you know, I had, I was in a different state. It was a different different thing going on. But this time, I'm in a new city. I don't know as many people. I have six kids that I have to figure out who's going to take care of them when I go into labor. Who's going to help me after I have the baby? Who's going to, you know, do... And I, and I was so paranoid. I was like, okay, what if I go into labor and I've got childcare set up? And then I call that person. And they're like, oh, we have the flu. We can't take care of your kids. What am I going to do? I'm going to already be in labor at that point. So I had backup people. And I... You know, and it was hard because most families cannot take care of six kids, six extra kids. They don't have enough space in their house. They don't have enough space in their car. So I was trying to wrap my mind around all these logistics, like who can take care of the older two and then this, the next, the middle two and then the younger two. And, you know, it's a lot to ask someone to take care of them for at least two nights while I'm in the hospital. And, you know, and then when I'm coming home and recovering, and then I had to think of, you know, just all the things that I was going to need for a new baby. Because when I came down, when I moved down from Tennessee, I didn't bring any baby things with me. And, you know, there's a lot of baby things that I was going to need. But because I'd already started building my support network, I did have a lot of people offer me, you know, packs of diapers and um, baby clothes that were hand-me-downs. And I graciously, I so thankfully, you know, they were so gracious to me and I accepted those gifts. Um, there were a lot of things that people were not aware of that I needed that I had to step up and that I had to ask them for. So, um, so I, um, so I had to do something very uncomfortable. I had to call a friend that I had made, a friend that I had made actually the first Sunday at my church because I was like, I have to figure this out. And I don't like asking for help. I hate asking for help. It's very uncomfortable. I'm moving past that and I'm learning how to do it in a way that is tactful and gracious and full of gratitude and love and you know just I'm learning 
and as I th- hope we all are, but I had to ask my friend. I asked her. I just laid it out. I said, I said, hey, I'm coming to you. I know you've been such a good friend, but this is something I'm worried about. Is there any way you can help? And this is a friend who'd already offered to help me, and I told me to let her know whenever she need, whenever I need something. So I called my friend and just asked her. I was like, I'm really worried about when I have the baby and I go to the hospital. I don't have childcare lined up. Like I've got some people who maybe could help but this is going to take a lot. So she was, my friend just told me, she was so nice. She told me, don't worry, I've got this. I will help you. And so within just a few hours, she called me back and she connected me with a community organization that sets up um, childcare for families that don't have anyone to help them who who have a medical need arising. The parent needs to be in the hospital. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So they were able to set up care for me for my two younger ones and I was able to send my four older ones to stay with my mom and then I was able to ask um, another family member to drive me to the hospital and then I got a backup person to drive me to the hospital and stay with me while I was in labor in case something happened with um, you know with that family member so you know that was it felt daunting at first but you know what I stuck with it uh, it worked out everything was perfect everything was absolutely perfect it was absolutely fine um, I was in need of several baby items. This is early, earlier in the summer, and I just made a list of all the things that I needed, knowing that baby Hezekiah was coming soon, and there was going to be a consignment sale that I wanted to go to, but I wasn't able to go to that day because I had a prior commitment, so I missed the sale. But instead of feeling bad, I just got on Facebook and I messaged the lady who was over the consignment sale. I said, hey, do you have anything left over that you're going to donate? And she said, yeah, I have a few things. And all the things that she said were exactly all the things that were on my list. It was a breast pump, a baby bathtub, um, uh, a little potty that I knew I needed for my three-year-old who's potty training right now, and um, a diaper bag and a few other little things. That that was pretty much my whole list. So I got almost everything I needed, you know, because I reached out and asked for help. If I had not asked for help, I wouldn't have gotten all those things it doesn't hurt to ask. It does not hurt at all to ask. And you can do it in a way that's filled with grace and love and hope. And that just goes a long, long way. And, you know, when things happen, like my, you know, my friend, that I, my Facebook friend that I mentioned earlier, who had had the bad experience when she asked her neighbor for help for a second time, and people are snotty about it, you just have to let that go. That's not on them. That's not on you. That is on them. And you don't have to be mad about it. You don't have to feel like it's your fault you don't have to you know sit on it for a long time you just have to let it roll off you because the reality is single moms need community we need our village and I've seen and speaking of village you know we've all heard that saying um it takes a village to raise a child and I feel like when that thing when that saying was first created you know that was the that was the norm you know the village raised the child the the people reached out to parents people lived close to their parents and their family and it was just a close, uh, closer, more tight-knit community than what a lot of moms have today. I feel like today we're living in isolation, a lot of us are, and that people are a lot colder and a lot more independent. And we're in uh, an individualist culture where we're expected to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and not have to ask for help. It's, it is uh, just because of our cultural conditioning sometimes Asking for help can look like a sign of weakness. It's perceived as weakness and helplessness and nothing positive. And that you're not really a true full adult if you have to ask anyone for help. You haven't met all those milestones that you can check, off, check your little boxes 
that mean that you're a fully functioning adult. And I just call BS on that. I mean, that is not the reality for most people. And, you know, so I, you know, I had all these wonderful experiences through people at church reaching it, you know, being able to step it up. But at the same time, there were times that I asked for help for people at church and they would have helped me if they could, but they weren't able to. There was one particular time that I needed to go to the hospital because I was very late in my pregnancy. It was just a couple weeks before Hezekiah was born. And I, um, I had a little flare up with my blood pressure. I needed, and it was on the weekend, so I couldn't go to my doctor's office. I needed to go to the hospital. And I didn't have anyone to watch Jeremiah and Andrew, my youngest two kids. And so um, I couldn't leave them by themselves. I mean, they're three and two. And I, needed, and I needed someone to watch them so that I could go get checked on. Because I called my doctor's office. They said, go to the ER. So um, I, put, I contacted several people, all of my close friends from church, and no one was able to help. Um, I, mean, they were, I mean, it was a last-minute thing. They would have helped if they would have been able to. I have no doubt about that. But at that time, everyone was busy, and they just couldn't drop everything and help me. And that happens, too. So I had to get creative. I actually don't remember who ended up watching them that day. I think I was able to finally find a babysitter. I don't remember who it ended up being, but I just remember it being a crazy day, you know, just me worrying about how am I going to go to the, I mean, me thinking I'm probably not even going to be able to go to the hospital. I hope everything's okay, but it did work out. And I did end up going and everything was fine. And then I came home. And so, um, you know, that's, I'm, I'm a little breath, I'm a little out of breath. I've been walking around with Hezekiah in the wrap while I'm recording the podcast. I'm starting to run out of breath, but <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, I want to also talk about the other ways that I have really built community while I've been in my new city. And then also, um, some of, some of the things I've learned along the way, along this journey, so I all I started, you know, earlier in the summer after I started going to church and started making friends there, I also started um, making posts on Facebook in different local Facebook groups, asking for, you know, talking about my, in, introducing myself just a little bit, talking about my interests, and asking if there were any other moms who are interested in the same thing. So I'm interested in meditation and yoga and journaling and personal development, personal development type things. That's what I made the post about. I mean, I have other interests as well, but that was what I included in the post. Hey, are there any other moms who are interested to do these things? Well, I had no idea there was a whole community in my city of women who are interested, who do all these things, and they have get-togethers. They have events. They're free. And I was like, what? If I never made that Facebook post, I would have never connected with these women with this group. And it just so turned out that at the time that I made that post, they were having a free two-day event in my town that I all I would need to do is find childcare and I could go there and they were going to be having yoga and meditation and chit-chatting and eating together and getting to know each other and having speakers come and talk about personal development and that and I ended up going to it I found childcare for the two days um I could have stayed overnight but I didn't have overnight childcare um because it was at, at an Airbnb but I I went to the event and it was amazing and I made so many friends and it turns out that this group has regular like once a month meetings and I've been to several of them I've been to several 
And they have other little pop-up events here and there, and all of them have been free because they just value giving to the community and, you know, not charging for it. So definitely something I could do. And I have made just some of the best friends who are like-minded, who enjoy what I enjoy, and many of them are also single moms like me. And, it, you know, we often shy away from doing that because we feel like we don't deserve it. From making when, And when I say doing that, I, I mean like me just making that post on Facebook and me just being bold enough to go to this event where I didn't know anyone. If I had given in to any of that, I wouldn't have had the wonderful experiences I had from going there. And yeah, I've even taken my kids to some of their things. And so they've been able to make friends with some of the other people's kids. So that's really huge. So those are just a few examples. I also want to talk about in terms of support network, you know, a lot of times when we think of support networks, we think of only what I just mentioned, like basically having friends and having family that you can rely on for help. And that is so important. That's what I've been talking about the whole time. But I also want to talk about community resources, okay? Because this is also a part of your support network because some of your needs Maybe for childcare, some of them may be for somebody to come fix your plumbing. Some of it may be help with a bill or help with moving or help finding a job, help getting connected to um, resources so that you can go back to school, help getting your, um, your vehicle fixed. You know, we need help in a lot of areas, help getting a ride somewhere, help starting a business, help knowing the steps to start a business. You know, we all have dreams. And it, we cannot accomplish these dreams by ourselves. And sometimes these dreams, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like a dream. It just feels like surviving. But you have to survive in order to see your dreams through. So I want to talk about community resources. I think it's so important, you know, for us to make these friends. Because oftentimes when we make, when we're very intentional about making friends, they know about things that we don't know about. All, you know, I've gotten signed up for so many different resources here in my local area, in addition, you know, and I'm, you know, some of these resources may be like assist, government assistance with buying food or insurance, but then it, or childcare, or it may also be a local agency that is not government affiliated, but they offer help. And it may be the t- exact type of help that you need. It may be help buying Christmas presents for your kids. I mean, and maybe that's not what you need. Maybe that's, and good for you, that's wonderful. But some of us need that, and for those of us who don't need that, maybe we, you know, we have other needs, and we can also be a part of creating a community where we can just help each other when we're able to. And so, um, you know, I think it's important, you know, just to put down as many local as many local roots as possible, and then also letting those roots go as deep as you can, so that you know they, you know, people. Every time we make a relationship with someone intentionally, they. It, it almost always works out that they are aware of something that we're not aware of and they can help us when we make our needs known. And same thing, and you may be able to also connect them with some help, you know, something, uh, meet a need in their lives. You know, it could be as, you know, it could be as simple as, oh, well, I do photography. I can do family photos for your, for your kids or whatever. You know, that's just an example that popped in my head. But, you know, I think also it's very important to reach out to these you know sometimes we feel ashamed even asking for help from the community like help from local organizations help from government organizations there is no shame in that that is a hand up and you deserve that if that's meeting a need in your life go apply for it go get it go ask for it you know gather all your documentation that you're going to need to get it and go get it 
for you and for your family and you hold your head high because you are doing what's right for you and your family hold on i've got a child crying oh you gotta be careful baby come here come here, come here. oh see this is real life guys i just had a child fall down and come out here and tell me about it okay i'll be there in a minute honey bunny she fell down anyway i'm not gonna edit that out of the podcast because this is real life this is how we roll i'm just here with my kids and they're inside playing and an accident happened and yeah anyway just keeping it real because that's how i roll but um you know the other i want to last thing i want to cover before i end this podcast episode is i want to talk about the things that i have learned through creating community and just this is me personally you may relate to this you may not but one thing i have learned is about myself actually is that I'm the type of person, I really like trying new things. I like meeting new people. I like trying new things. However, the downside to that is that I often get bored with just when the things aren't so new anymore, I get bored with them. And then I don't give it the full effort I gave it in the beginning. For example, I'll make friends with people and then I don't, and it feels great in the beginning. It's so great. It's so wonderful. And then I get bored with, the work of growing that friendship and growing that relationship and you know getting to know that person on a deeper level and I don't always do that so um I've just had to really be aware of that and to you know just put more work into deepening those relationships and just being aware of it is you know pretty much all I needed I just I wanted to I I want to grow deep in these relationships and you know make them lasting meaningful relationships um the next thing that I have learned, I'm going to have to wrap it up in just a minute. My kids are starting to all come outside. Um, but the next thing that I've learned is just, you know, like I said, just being willing to ask, being willing to initiate and, you know, letting things roll off, roll off of me when they don't go the way that I thought they would go. And yeah, just being open to what happens, even if it's not what I initially imagined. Um, I'm going to close this episode now. I hope that this has been meaningful to you, and I want to give you an invitation. I have a private Facebook group called Thriving Single Moms. I'm going to include a link in the show notes. My vision is for the Facebook group to be a community where single moms can just lean on each other, judgment-free, and we can just support each other, just like we said in this episode. And I just encourage you, if you're not a member, to join, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If this episode has been impactful and meaningful to you, would you please leave me an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on? These reviews help me to reach even more single moms, and I take the time to read every single one. Thank you, and as always, choose your destiny and live it.